Yeah, just kind of hang out here. Just ask, you can just kind of stay in this morning. All right. We're going to be talking about developing. You can sit, sit there in the back if you don't mind. We're going to be talking this morning about developing a godly character. Developing a godly character. Uh, why don't we begin by opening in prayer? Amen. Amen. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, that you give life and that, Lord, that you give life abundantly to the full and overflowing. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you have called me and chose me for such a time as this. Father God, I count it a privilege to be able to stand in your presence and minister your word. I pray, Lord, that those that are listening this morning, that they would hear your word and those that will listen to this CD in the future will, Father God, will hear and that it will bring forth fruit, Father God, that will reap eternal consequences. God, I thank you this morning that you're doing a great and awesome work in us. And so, Lord God, we pray for your power. We pray for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. And, Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, take your Bibles and turn with me to Proverbs chapter number 11. The book of Proverbs chapter number 11. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter number 11. Now, last week we had begun a series. We had begun talking about developing a godly character. And uh, we talked about how that you can be a gifted person. But as it relates to character, even though you can be a gifted person, it is your, um, it is your ability, your character that will keep you where you're striving to go. And so we talked last week about the importance of humility. Uh, we talked about the importance of developing a kind of character that is well-pleasing unto God. And so uh, this morning we're going to continue uh, in that same vein talking about character. And uh, last week we talked about the importance of humility. We even used Christ's example as how that he, being God himself, as awesome and as strong as Christ is, he was a man of humility. And if Christ is a person of humility, then how many know that we ought to be uh, people of humility? We talked about the fact that last week that God resists the proud but he gives grace to those to walk in humility. And today we're going to be talking about the issue of integrity. This is part two of our series, uh, Integrity. Integrity is becoming somewhat of a lost virtue in our society today. As I think about it, it seems to me that people are more comfortable today, more than ever before, in lying, stealing, and cheating. You've heard me say before that there is a unfaithfulness in the land. And I believe that that is, that is a, a, an unfortunate thing because many lives have been destroyed. Many ministries have been destroyed because of their leaders that lack integrity. You know, I can stand here and I can cite out all the examples, but I wouldn't have time to read them all out to you, of people that have been, uh, you know, that have, that have lied and that have deceived and been filled with immorality, been filled with greed, and even though they're gifted, it was because they lacked the kind of character that destroyed their ministry, that destroyed their lives. And the thing we must understand about integrity 
Integrity is everything to us as the people of God. Because when you lack in your integrity, then you lack the ability to have influence. And everybody want influence. Everybody want to be able to, uh, to have an impact in what, whatever, it is, whatever it is that we're doing. But if we're going to be people of influence, then we got to be people of integrity. We have to be people of integrity. So how do we define integrity? Integrity, integrity is defined by one who is whole and complete as a person. Is one who is upright in character and in action. From a broader sense, integrity has to do with one who has a who who refuses to lie, to steal, and to cheat. This is a person that walks with an impeccable character. This is one who do not engage in activity that would be something that would dishonor the name of Christ. Uh, some of us uh, remember back not too long ago, probably the past, I guess, 12, 13 years, and I'm not here to talk politics this morning, but, but this will make a whole lot of sense, and you'll understand what I mean when I bring this up. But some years ago, um, we all have witnessed our uh, former president, uh, William Jefferson Clinton, and how he was involved in some kind of sexual immorality. And we can all remember him standing there, and he pointed and he wagged the finger, and he said, I did not have relations with that woman. And he said it so emphatically that he said it in such a way that you would think that, you know, uh, this man, you know, he, he might be telling the truth here. And the reality of it, long story short, is that they ended up discovering that, in fact, Bill Clinton did, in fact, have relations with that woman. And no matter how intelligent he is, no matter how gifted he is, whenever you think about Bill Clinton, the first thing you think about, you don't think about the, 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 the good part of his nature, some of the good things that he did for our nation, for our country. The first thing that you think about with, Bill, with William Jefferson Clinton is you think about him standing before the podium saying what he did not do when, in fact, he did it. Uh, we, we think about how that, uh, you know, how this man, he lied before the American people. And even today, when you think of William Jefferson Clinton, no matter how bright, no matter how smart he is, no matter how gifted he is, you think of a man that lacks in his integrity. And so his whole legacy, his whole presidency has been marred by activity that he did because he lacked integrity. And so the thing that, that we must understand is that when we do not allow ourselves to walk in integrity, godly integrity, then we make it difficult for ourselves to be able to have a voice. And it's hard to recover your name once you walk in a way that your integrity is suspect. You see, a person of integrity is one who walks consistently over the long haul. We're not, when we talk about integrity, we're not talking about a person that is perfect. There, there are none of those. But a person that is integrity, that walks in integrity, when you hear their name, when someone mentions your name, for an example, what is it that they say about you? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Do they say, oh, boy, I, I know that person, you know, that Christian or that Lisa, that 
Sean or that Jill or, you know, they're people of integrity. They're, they're honest people. I can believe what those people say. They are good people. Or do they say, you know what? I, I, I know about that person, but, you know, there are some things there that I'm not really, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure about. There are some, there are some issues that have, that have come up that I'm not really sure about as it relates to whether or not they're people of integrity. All of us want to have a good name. All of us want to have a good name. We want to be recognized as, uh, as people of integrity. And so integrity is one that builds a reputation over a long haul of what, of what kind of person you are. You see, image is what people think we are, but integrity is what we really are. Image is what people think we are. You know, we spend a whole lot of time wanting to impress people, and we want to present people with a certain image. I was talking not too long ago to an individual, and he will remain nameless for obvious reasons, and this person was angry at me or irritated at me. And the reason he was irritated is because he said, well, I live a certain way on Sunday. This is a certain image that I want to project on Sunday. But, 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 but during the week, you know, there, I, there, there's something else about my life. I don't want this part of my life to get out. In, in essence, what he was really saying to me is that he, he has two lives. He have an image that he want people to see. In other words, this is what I want you to think of me as. But I don't want, to, I don't want you to really know who I really am. You see, people have integrity. They have no problem showing you who they really are. People have integrity are the same when the lights are off, when they're not on the stage, as when they go out in public. You cannot call yourself a person of integrity if you're one way behind closed doors and the light's not on and then you're something totally different. How many know you're lacking in integrity? And so it behooves us to, to understand that we as a people of God are being watched every day. Paul said it this way. He says, we are written epistles read of men. You know, here's the interesting thing I want you to think about for a moment. You go out and you project and you tell people, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. I love God. Right. We let people know that. And the thing that you got to understand is when you do that, that people are watching you. They're watching your life. The Bible, Paul, Paul says that we're being read of men. And it's amazing that people who don't go to church, who really have no desire for God. All of a sudden, you've been a Christian when you do something, a perceived and I want to underscore perceived wrong. The first thing that they say is, oh, there you see, I told you, you, you're supposed to be a Christian. You, you are supposed to be a man or woman of God. You are supposed to be this or you're supposed to be that. And they call it out right away. And they kind of let you know right up front that, that, that you know what, you, you're not who you say you are. Because they're watching us. They're watching, they're watching our every move. Jesus said it this way, that we are the light of the world. In other words, we're the ones that are supposed to exude a godly character. We are the ones that are supposed to exude a kind of character whereby we do not bring blame to Christ. Because how many know people are watching you? Even when 
you don't think they're watching you. People are watching you, particularly if you say you're a believer. And so we'll read in Proverbs chapter number 11. I'll start reading in verse number 1. And uh, we'll start reading verses 1 through 3. It says, Dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. When pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble, there is wisdom. The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. The integrity of the upright will guide them. I think that's important. He says that our integrity is what's going to guide us into pleasant places. Your integrity. What kind of name have you built for yourself? You see, one of the things we got to understand about our integrity is that it will protect us. When somebody come along and they say, you know what, brother so-and-so did this, brother so-and-so did that, you can say, no, 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 no. I don't believe that because I know what kind of person Christian is. I know what kind of person Sean is. I, I know what kind of person Elise is. I, that, that's totally against their character. That's not the kind of person that they are. You see, your, what he's saying there is that your integrity will guide you. It will shield you and it will protect you from all kinds of evil. I really believe that the reason why Potiphar did not have Joseph killed was because deep down in Potiphar's heart, that he knew that there was something about Joseph's character, that even though his wife tried to claim that, that, that he raped her, it was something that he knew, Potiphar knew. No, 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 I don't really believe that because Joseph is a man of character. And so it was, jo I believe it was Joseph's character that kept him alive. And I believe that it is our character today that will sustain us. It is our character today that will protect us. Amen. And it will lead us and it will, it will guide us. You know, the Bible talks about how that we will reap what we sow. It's kind of a way of saying that what happens in life ultimately will catch up to you, right? You ever hear people say what goes around comes around? That's because it's the principle God says that whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. So if a person sows all the time deceit, they're lies, they're, they, they tell lies and they're dishonest and they, they have a less than decent character or integrity or they're lacking thereof, then at some point it's going to manifest itself because whatever is inside of our hearts is going to come out at some point. And so... We need to understand the importance of integrity. Everybody, you know, we talk about, oh, you know, I, 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 you know, and you hear me say all the time how that I want to be remembered as doing something significant in life. But let me tell you what's the most important thing is your integrity, because at the end of the day, your integrity is all you have. Your word is all that you have. Because once you give away your word, then you have no power. You have no influence once you forego or you give up your integrity. And so we must guard our integrity with our life. We, gotta, we need to be people that speak the truth. And, and let, let's talk about that for a moment. We're not going to be long. But what is a person of integrity? There are a few things that I see here, that uh, uh, seven quick points, and then we'll be done, to describe a portrait of a person of integrity. And the first one is, a person of integrity, they admit 
when they are wrong. A person of integrity, they will admit, they will admit when they are wrong. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 51. Psalm chapter 51. A person of integrity, they admit when they are wrong. They don't have a problem. We talked about last week the importance of walking in humility. See, a person of integrity, they don't have a problem saying when I'm wrong because they, they listen, they want to make sure that their good name is taken care of. They want to make sure that their good name remains. And so when they blow it, they don't try to make excuses for it. They don't try to act like they didn't do it, but they simply say, you know what? I'm the one who did what I did. I'm the one who's wrong. And here, David, he said it here in Psalm 51. We, we alluded to it last week in our home study. But he says, look at verse number one. Just going to read a few verses here. But David said, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Watch this. Wash me thoroughly from what? My iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Watch this. This is key. Here's what David said. David said now, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me against you. And you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. So what was David saying? David, David said, look, Lord, not only did I do this sin, but my sin is always before me. In other words, God. You see my sin. I'm not trying to hide it, but I'm going to, to acknowledge my sin. That's one of the things, and, 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 God, and the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart, and I think about all the stuff that David did, and you say to yourself, how in the world can you call David a man of integrity? I didn't call him that. God called him a man of integrity. He was a man of integrity because David had a pure heart. David said, Lord, I acknowledge what I've done wrong. People have integrity. Nobody should ever have to come to you and say, and challenge you on something that you know you did wrong. You're a person of integrity. When you know you blew it, you beat them to the punch. You walk up to them and you say to them, humble yourself and say, look, I was wrong in what I did. See, we do well to do that in our marital relationships, won't we? That from time to time we know we blow it, instead of trying to cover up and argue about it, just kind of go there and say, you know what? Honey, sweetheart, baby cakes, whatever you call your, your, your loved one, I was wrong. You know what? I thought about what I said the other day. I shouldn't have said it that way. I thought about what I did the other day. And you know what? I shouldn't have done it that way. You know why? Because I'm a person of integrity. And I want you to know I have no problem admitting when I do wrong. Because I want to make sure my good name is upheld. You see, a person of integrity, they take full responsibility for their actions. They take full responsibility for their actions. Second point, a person of integrity, they admit when they're wrong. That was the first one. The second one is they tell the truth. Well, you know, Pastor, if I, if I tell the truth, then I'm, I'm, I'm going to lose everything. How many know that when you lie, you've already lost the most important thing? Your integrity. I once knew, I was talking to a friend the other day, he was telling me how that... Um, he had been involved in this multiple relationships with somebody. He was married, and he was, my friend was giving me a testimony of somebody else, and he said, you know, this guy had been stuff around with, like, multiple, some women. He was heavily involved, and uh, wife didn't know about it. She knew something was up. He said, uh, 
He said, brother, he said, you know, what, what should I do? He said, well, you need to go. You need to, you need to tell your wife what you did. Oh, well, I, I can't do that because if I do that, oh, gosh. Now, how many know, you remember I said earlier that whatever you reap, you're going to sow? And I discovered that whenever you try to cover up something, at some point, it's going to come up and catch up to you. Because it's a principle, and particularly if you're a believer. But people of character, they always tell the truth, right? They tell the truth. They're not perfect people, but you know what? I'm going I'm to tell you the truth, even though it may not be to my advantage, I'm going to tell the truth. Kids, when a teacher calls you in the office and they ask you a question, tell them the truth. Why? Because your word is all you got. Once you lose your word, then nobody, you ever heard the story? What's the story? Uh, the boy to cry wolf. Anybody familiar with that story? Uh, that he's, he kept lying. He kept, I forget all the particulars of the story, but the, the, the point of the story was that, that he kept crying wolf. He kept saying that something was going on, something was happening, and then everybody would respond. They found out the boy was lying. And then one day, I guess, a, some, a wolf or something really did come, and then he tried to, whoa, wolf, and they said, oh, we don't believe nothing you're saying, and he got ate up. You see? We need to be the kind of people that when we say something, we say what we mean, Amen. and we mean what we say. This is the kind of image that we need to project. Bible says in Colossians 3.9, do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds. And it's amazing to me how many Christians nowadays feel comfortable with being deceptive, being liars, or practicing and lying. Not understanding that once you start getting into that kind of thing, you lose your ability to make an impact. You lose your ability to have influence in your relationships, the people that you work with, in activities. How many know that God says in Psalm 56, 6, 51, 6, I'm sorry, he says, Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts. In the inward parts, God desires us to be honest and truthful. So you never should have to ask the pastor or ask anybody, should I tell the truth? You always speak the truth in love. Third thing, a person of integrity, they will guard their name. They will guard their name. Proverbs 22.1, you have to turn now, I'll just recite it. A good name, and it says this in Proverbs 22.1, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver or gold. See, a person of integrity, they don't hang around with anybody, do they? Yeah? The Bible says that good company, bad company, corrupt good morals. When you're a person of integrity, there's just certain places that you're not going to go. There are certain people that you're not going to hang around. Why? Because you do not want your name marred. So we, you know, we, tell, we, we spend so much time telling our kids, be careful who you hang with. Be careful who you run with. Why? Because if you, and I can tell you in, in the nature of my full-time job, even though there may be a couple, I may have, there may be a group that I'm dealing with, there may be one or two people in that group that are really, for the most part, good people. But because they're always hanging with this guy who's always involved in illegal criminal activity, always deceiving and all of that, then guess what happened? They get lumped in with everybody else. And so when the cops, when the cops drive by 
and they see him standing on the road, they want to know, why are you harassing me? Well, who are you hanging around with? You got to guard your name. Certain people you don't do business with. Certain people at work I don't go to lunch with. They may be good people, but brother, I can't go to lunch with you because you're, you're, you're shady. There's some questions about your character. There's some questions about your integrity. And so you got to guard yourself. Have you ever wondered why these famous football players and basketball players, that, you know, they seem like they got it all. But then you hear about them getting involved with being in some environment like a, where there's a shooting, uh, you know, where there's some activity. You kind of ask yourself, you know, it's like every time you turn around, they're always in trouble. <laughs> and, but they're always able to escape because what they say is, you know what, I, I, I didn't do it. I just happened to be there when it happened. You ever know people that always that are always around trouble. You know why? Because they don't understand the power of a good name. And that whoever you hang out with, whoever you call your close friends and associates, if you're not careful, they can drag you down. So a person of integrity, they don't run with anybody. They guard their name because a good name is to be chosen in great riches. And in our society today, it seems like getting money and being rich and having things is more important than anything else. Some people would do anything to get money. Some people would do anything to have riches, even if it means they'll throw away whatever integrity they have left. They're willing to give it all up for resources and for money. But how many know, as the people of God, we ought not be that way? Right. Number four, watch this now. This is a big one. People of integrity, they are not manipulative. People of integrity are not manipulative. Watch this. I'm going to read Matthew chapter 22. You can turn there if you want. Matthew chapter 22, verses 15 through 21. Listen to this. Matthew chapter 22, verses 15 through 21. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how they might entangle him in his talk. <laughs> And they sent to him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God in truth, nor do you care about anyone, for you do not regard the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what do you think, Jesus? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness, and he said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius and he said to him, whose image and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. When they came to Jesus, I'm going to walk over here where Christian is because I'm going to help him. I'm going to lay hands on him. Hallelujah. All right. Bless God. Hallelujah. But here's what they do, right? They go to Jesus, right? And they come to Jesus as if they want to compliment him on how great of a teacher he is. Jesus, we know that you teach the way of God perfectly. I mean, you're anointed in all of that. Tell us, I mean, who, you know, should we pay taxes to Caesar or not? Now, the thing about that particular verse, it may seem somewhat innocent on the surface. But Jesus points out a very, very important point. 
What they were trying to do was they were manipulating Jesus because what they wanted to do, they wanted to trap him in a lie. They wanted to trap him so that they can go back and report something so that they could destroy his movement, destroy his ministry. In other words, they did not have Jesus' best interest at heart. They were being manipulative. How many of you know people that are that way, that are manipulative? You know, somebody do a good, you, you ever met people like that? They do a good deed and they got a shady character and they do a good deed and it's like, um, why'd you do that? What do you want? <laughs> people start asking like, what do you want? Why, why are you doing this? Then, then there's something wrong. Because there ought to be a pureness in our lives that when we do something, nobody should have to ask the question, what, what, what are your motives? What are you trying to accomplish? What, what, what else is going on with you? Why are you giving me this money? Why are, you, sir, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this great work? Why are you doing this thing that you're doing? What's the motive behind what you're doing? See, a person of integrity, they don't, they don't do that. They don't play games. People of integrity, they're not manipulative. We need to practice being people of honesty on all fronts. And husband and wives, you got to be careful that we don't try to manipulate our spouses sometimes. You know, we try to play games sometimes. We're not careful. We can fall into this thing of manipulation. And the problem with that is it presents something different than what you're really trying to get after. There's, a, there's an ingenuineness about that. But people of integrity, they don't practice manipulation. They're, they're honest. They, they, you know, I like to say that manipulation really is a sophisticated lie dressed up in a suit. That's what, that's what manipulation is. It just, it just comes across a little bit more uh, formal because you can dress it up. But Jesus was very discerning because he was a person of integrity. Number five, people have integrity. They influence others in a positive way. The Bible says I have to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. When you're a person of integrity, there are certain things that people will not do in your presence. You know why? Because they know that you're going to call them on it. Either you're going to say it verbally or you're going to convict them with your lifestyle. Because people have integrity, they change the environment. They don't allow the environment to change them. I tell, I tell the guys all the time, I say, you know what, guys? I said, you know, we, I remember we went to Canada on a trip. Guy said, uh, I'm going to go have some fun. Now, that's code for men, for code for, for men who understand that. That's code for doing something they got no business doing, being unfaithful. Well, and, and, and they had a little slogan. They said, uh, whatever happens in Canada stays in Canada. Or you hear people who go to Vegas all the time. Whatever happened in Vegas stays in Vegas. And I... Yeah, that's right. And I said to them, uh, well, if you do it in front of me, it very well may not. So whatever dirt you do, don't do it in my presence because I will not lie for you. I will not throw away my integrity because of your unfaithfulness to your family, or to your relationships. And so a person of integrity, they change the atmosphere. You don't allow the atmosphere to change you. You see, we can do the same thing too with our kids. You know that, that there's an influence 
that we have over our children. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, I'll just read it. It says that the righteous man, watch this, walks in his integrity. The righteous man. But watch this. And his children are blessed after him. Why? Because, because you as a parent are walking in your integrity. They see that you're an honest person. They see that you tell the truth. They see that you don't try to lie. You don't cheat on your taxes. They see that when you go to store, that when the clerk gives you more money than what you were supposed to get back, that you say, wait a minute, let me go take this money back because the clerk gave me too much. They see that, and guess what happened? They're going to mimic that. They're going to walk in integrity just like you are. You know, somebody called on the phone, and, <laughs> and you say, tell them I'm not here. Well, you know very well that you're right there. Guess what you just did? You just coached your kids to lie. And you just taught them something right there. You may say, oh, pastor, you're just picking. That's an innocent thing. Oh, no, it's not an innocent thing. Because we are, in fact, being deceptive when we do that. Or if a bill collector calls and we say, or we say, better yet, I'm going to pay you next week, this time, and this date. And you know full well at the moment you said it that you have no intention on doing that. How do you know that you're not giving a good example to our kids? And so our kids follow our integrity or lack thereof. I once heard a pastor say this many times, and I, you know, and I think it's a very true statement. But he often said that what you do in moderation your children would do in excess. What you do in moderation, your children would do in excess. Now, I don't really know why that is, but it just seemed like whatever you're involved in, that at some point your kids will get involved in it, and then they'll do it a lot worse than you did. They'll take it to a whole other level. And so it ought to behoove us that we need to practice and make sure that we've been a good example before our kids because we want our kids to be blessed. Because they're going to see our integrity, and they're going to walk in integrity. And how many know there's a blessedness that comes with walking in integrity? Number six. We want to have seven of these, and we're done. A person of integrity is blessed. You're blessed. There's something that is very attractive about a person that walks in integrity. You like to be around people that are honest. How many like being around people that you can't trust? No, no, nobody likes that. Look at, look at the 1 Kings 9, uh, verses 3 to 5. 1 Kings, chapter number 9, verses 3 to 5, to bring home this point. A person of integrity is blessed. Glory to God. 1 Kings 9, verses 3 to 5. And it came to pass when Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord in the king's house, and all Solomon's desire, which he had wanted to do, the Lord appeared to Solomon the second time, and he appeared to him at Gibeon. Now, verse 3. And the Lord said to him, and the Lord's talking to Solomon. Listen to this. <clears throat> the Lord said, I have heard your prayer and your supplication that you have made toward before me. And I have consecrated this house which you have built to put my name there forever. And my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. Now, if you walk before me as your father David walked, in integrity of heart, watch this, and in uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded you. And if you keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom forever 
kingdom over Israel forever, as I promised David your father, saying, you shall not fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. Here's what God said to Solomon. So Solomon, look, if you walk in your integrity like your father David did, well, Pastor David wasn't a perfect man, but David, David was an honest man. He said, Solomon, if you walk like your father David did, I will bless you, Solomon, and I'm going to make sure your throne is going to be established. Why? Because you're going to walk in my integrity. You're going to walk in your integrity. See, integrity brings blessing. To not have integrity, you listen to me. In a lot of ways, you bring about a curse on your life. Because the worst thing that can happen to you is you lose your integrity. See, a person walks in integrity, they are blessed people. Number seven, and finally, a person of integrity is a man or woman who acts and lives as though God is watching. Wow. A person of integrity lives and acts as if God is, God is watching. And you know why? Because God, in fact, is really watching. You know, Joseph said, it would have been easy for, I had alluded to Joseph earlier, but it would have been pretty easy for Joseph, you know, perhaps that, you know, Potiphar's wife, if he would have had relationship or sexual relations with Potiphar's wife, it's possible that he could have did that and gotten away with it. But, you know, the interesting thing, you go back and you look at that story. You know what Joseph said? Joseph said, I will not do this thing and sin against God. I can't do this evil in his sight. Joseph understood that if he did that thing, God was watching him. And he would have to give an account to God for his actions. So you know what Joseph said? Joseph said, I ain't going to do that. Can't do it. You know why? Because God is watching me. The Bible said that the eyes of the Lord are upon the ways of man, and he ponders all of his doings. So I always tell people, you know, you can, you can fool me, you can fool mom, you can fool dad, you can fool your employers, you can fool your spouse, you can fool any and everybody, but you cannot fool God. God sees and knows exactly where you are. He sees everything. He knows everything. And a person of integrity, they understand that. They understand that, you know what, there's certain things I cannot do because God is watching me. And when you live your life knowing that God is watching you, how many know it will provoke you to change? Change your behavior, change your activity. And so, instead of trying to present ourselves as people of integrity, let's be people of integrity. Let's be, let God change us from the inside out. Every, high, every head is bowed and every eye is closed as we...